Miss Love Weeb confirmed. <laughs> My brother's a massive weeb. I'm also a poser weeb. All right, let's start the pod. Let's okay. start. Welcome to the Friendly Geordie's podcast or Friendly Jimmy's podcast. Yep. If you are an avid listener. Um, unfortunately, Jordan isn't on the pod tonight because he is away in an undisclosed location that everyone knows because we've mentioned it, but we won't say it. Blue uh, Mountains, it's a big place. Go and find him. He's in the Blue Mountains. Uh, learning to be a more efficient contributor, a.k.a. how to avoid more tax. <laughs> That's not, he's he's attending an online Tony Robbins seminar. Um, yeah. Uh, which yeah. Good on him. I think yeah, I did a day of it. It was cool. Uh, we talked about it. it's a big waste of money, but <laughs> no, 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 we didn't come to that conclusion. We, we, uh, it, it was, yeah. He, so anyway, he's doing that. So it's shawarma FM. It's shawarma FM. Uh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam, brother. Um, today we will be talking about chapters three to four of the Quran. Did you know the the Quran's S in chapters versus teats? <laughs> <laughs> Send Bob's and Vagin, chapter six. Actually, uh, I saw a really cool video. Uh, we'll start off. Look, we've got some good segments, but we'll start got, off yeah. with this because I think hey, Miss Love, free. you'd appreciate it. <laughs> and yeah, I don't care what you guys think. But I saw this. Uh, I think uh, this YouTuber, his name's, I think something Segura or Rodriguez, something like that. But anyway, he did a, he did a YouTube video on why uh, pork is not eaten by one third of the population. Yeah, and know. so he sort of examined, do you know the reason? Yeah, I know why. Well, first of all, no one knows why. I know why. Okay, go on. The Jews and, and Muslims don't eat pork because historically pork was the meat spoiled and, get, and, and, and gave you, it was either like worms or spoilage killed you and made you sick comparatively to like beef or goat or any, pork was like, had the if it's not treat if it's if it's not treated, it, it was a temperamental meat. So apparently, that was a theory that became that's really right. prominent in the 1700s, yeah, and what, yeah. there was a lot of literature written on it. But the seventy, according to again this YouTuber, no, 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 and he seems he seems legit. He does he did a lot of research, Mr. Beast. So not <laughs> <laughs> I got one thousand porks. And put him in this swimming pool. <laughs> Sorry, this, the, the theory has been debunked. So the disease, I, I, I think it's called, uh, the, whatever the disease, the, the disease that you're talking yeah, about yeah. was actually prevalent in 1700s. And it often came from uh, animals, domesticated animals, mm -hmm. pig, uh, chicken, goat, it could all be anything. Them, okay. But what the what the people, the intellectuals were trying to do at that point with all this new scientific knowledge, they were trying to still justify religious commandments with their newfound scientific belief but basically the disease that they were talking about there's no evidence to suggest that that disease was even prevalent in wow. the in in the abrahamic times so it, was, it was an assumption it was an assumption and it was basically because they were facing that issue at that given point they were like oh that makes sense that's what it was yeah. that's that's yeah. why it was yeah. but anyway so they looked at like um the abrahamic tests and the muslim texts and they found out that the best explanation, there's not much explanation there. Really? But, but, but the best thing that they could come up with was the general belief that pigs were dirtier uh, compared to other animals. So that, that, that actually makes sense. Like a cultural 
reason. And and they talked about like and all the literature that came after that by religious scholars explaining why it's dirty. It's like they'll take examples of like. For example, a pig's digestion process works differently to goats and uh, other things. A pig can Roll. eat feces. It rolls, uh, it, in, it rolls in its yeah. own feces and mud. They'll eat anything. They'll eat human excrement. Yeah. But what basically what the this researcher was saying? Yeah, pigs can do that, but that's their last resort. They're not inherently dirty. So for one, they roll around in their feces because they don't have sweat glands, so they're covering themselves with moisture. Wow. They'd rather do it with clean mud, but if you wow. only give them feces, they're gonna roll around in their feces. Because they're, they're hyper-intelligent. Similarly, they're hyper-intelligent. Hyper similarly to what they eat, what they, what they, the best theory around this is, fuck, this is taking so long. No, no, no. But, the the but, but the best can, theory around it is don't, don't, that in the Middle East, Middle East was an arid, a semi-arid area. And with the population boom around the Abrahamic times, you had a lot of deforestation in the Middle East at the time. The pigs that were over there in those forests, because of deforestation, had to move towards urban centers to find food. And the only way they could survive was eat human scraps, roll uh, around in feces, and that does not look appetizing. And you compared that to southern, Euro southern Rome, mm. where pigs weren't considered to be bad. It's not in a semi-arid area. There was much more vegetation. So pigs weren't competing with humans for their food. So the general notion that wow. people in Rome would have was that, yeah, they're like any other animal. You're blowing my mind. And that makes so much sense. You're blowing my mind. Well, that all comes from this YouTuber. No, but, but it actually, <clears throat> that's fascinating because I almost intrinsically, I had a, something, I almost feel like I kind of, part of me almost suspected that it would be something like that because like a socio-cultural uh, interpretation of what they saw, not that it was what they saw was false, but like so much of those things are context and that makes perfect sense because, you know, just to be like, pigs are dirty. It's like, no, the, Let's look at urbanization. Animals adapt to their environment. I mean, these this fucked environments like pigeons and rats in urban areas and stuff. They're not like intrinsically fucked animals, but they had to become. That's 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 natural selection and adaptation, right? Yeah. So that's really. And it became really more of a hot trigger issue in religion because um, the Sephardic Jews, mm. uh, like the Muslims because they lived in that part of the Middle East, had historically felt that the pig was dirty. Mm. But Jews from the north that were moving to Palestine in that area had pigs, even though it was technically against their religious command, but it wasn't that enforced. Mm. And so when they started mixing with these, uh, the, the, the southern Middle Eastern Jews, there was this thing of like, why are you eating pork? <laughs> yeah. And so then it became even more entrenched in religion that part of being Jew was not having pork to discourage these newer right, Jews gotcha. from, yeah. uh, from moving because, away from their tradition. So, so much of religion is the socio-cultural implication. Not to, we'll move on, but you know, you know like <clears throat> that is fascinating. But you know what I automatically think when I think of those things? Um, it's the same thing with India and cows. I just think like some cultural trends, you know, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Like a, for instance, a bad one is like, you know, in the West or in the world, this idea of lawns in your backyard. I don't know how many tr trillion metric tons of water is wasted on grass for no purpose. 
That's a trend, modern trend that is bad, right? I, any, almost anyone with a brain would agree. But whenever I think of like the, the things like uh, the Middle East is Jews don't eat pork, Indians don't eat cows, I just think, thank fuck. Because that's a lot of animals' lives that have been saved. Yeah. Imagine if Indians were like, we love, imagine if Indians were like Texans and they loved meat. We, global warming would be like 50,000 times more sped up. You know what I mean? I mean, Indians Well, nature are, has a way of regulating it, but the reason why Indians wouldn't want to have cows religion. is because, well, religion comes from your society. So in India, Indians. in yeah. like historic India, oh, is there not a reason eating for that too? cows would be more economically beneficial. Like, oh, right. because you can use cows for, uh, oh, so for agricultural reasons. But if you're living in Mongolia and you get a cow and someone says that cow is sacred, you can't eat it. There's no justification for you to actually adhere to that because the cow isn't providing you with many benefits. So what I'm saying is nature has its way of controlling these things. Yes, but it's cool. It's cool, yeah. Because by that, you know, if, 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 if by that notion, India, when it moves into the first world, they're all studying cow. It, w- it won't happen. No, it wouldn't happen. Because but they, if, a, they eat meat. They'll, not like, majority they'll eat of buffaloes instead of cows. Oh, really? Yeah, if you go to India, you would have, you'd go to a lot of places where they would be serving beef, but it's actually not cow, I th- it's I thought, buffalo. I thought you had to be vegetarian as a Hindu. No, 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 all Hindus are vegetarians. I did not know that. There's meat eating Hindus too. Bastards! Where are you? I'll find you. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and find any meat Indian Hindus and do that thing where someone ducks behind them and I go and push them. I go whoa, and they fall down. Well, you're gonna shame them for eating cows while you, where you're like, ooh, you know which great wag you. <laughs> I'm not Indian. <laughs> I'm just kidding. God bless you all. But that is very intriguing. Anyways, 15 minutes in. Yeah. Let's start with our first segment. I'm just gonna do. You're going to ruin the autofocus. But anyways, um, there's two simultaneous strikes happening in New South Wales. The train strike and more importantly, the teacher strike. Yeah, there was a teacher strike. uh, Close to like 350 schools in New South Wales. Didn't have any teaching today because the teachers were on strike. Are you serious? Oh, wages? Was it wages? There, it's a bunch of things. That's what we're getting into. I One kn- of them is my my girlfriend, actually. Fuck. Who was, uh, because she's a union member, she was wow. actually on strike and she was at the city. No way. Yeah. So is it, okay, well, let's get into it because I'm obviously. And I'll you give mu- you some inside scoop of what my girlfriend, because she please, is please. a teacher of what she thinks. Yeah, yeah. No, so there's I'm- essentially two demands mm-hmm. from, from the, uh, from, from the teaching community. Yeah. One is that you increase the wages, which is obvious, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that you increase the number of teachers because the st- student to teacher ratio is going insane. Right. And also uh, with all these new types of noise, like, you know, there's added curriculums of coding and all that stuff. Jesus. And so teachers are finding they're not getting extra hours. So yeah. they're basically what they're demanding is we need more time to prepare for lessons and stuff like that. Fair, I'm with them. Which is why they need more wages. I'm now, I asked my girlfriend, what do you, be real, what do you think about this? She said, okay, if you ask me, in terms of my salary, I understand that in the private sector, 
uh, because of Corona, people have had it tough. Mm -hmm. And we, even though we're off, we were paid. And so I understand that. And if someone told me that your wage, your salary is not going to increase for the next one year or two years, I would personally be fine with that. Yeah. The other aspect of to student to teacher ratio that she's saying is really concerning because the students aren't getting the education that yeah. they deserve. Yeah. That was her point of view. But the teachers, teachers, there is a reason why they're saying that salaries need to be increased. One of the problems that the uh, education sector in New South Wales is facing is that there's actually a lot more demand for teachers than there is supply. So, okay. so schools are finding it really hard to actually hire teachers. There aren't that many. Mm. Particularly, there's a huge dearth of casual teachers. There's just not that many available. Really? So what the, the, the union is saying that by increasing our salaries, More you're yeah, going you're, to incentivize yes. people coming into teaching. That's a pretty good point. Pretty reasonable point. And yeah. the, obviously the, stu the uh, student to teacher ratio and the hours, that's self-evident. One of the things that's also a big problem after speaking to my girlfriend was the, the entry requirements for teaching is is not good enough yeah you she was saying that you could actually become a teacher without even getting an atar no she what? was saying she knows teachers that never so it's for oh, for fuck. a lot of people in today's world teaching is a backup job that is true it didn't work out That's in whatever and then they'll end up going into teaching yeah i know and a lot of them myself there's <laughs> the problem yeah it's not seen as a a good career path it's, as an institution. It's not as a good, so yeah. raising the the wages for teachers is going to help in that regard. Good idea, yeah. And like one it. of the other big problems that we're facing because of this issue is that the quality of education keeps dropping. Yes, I can attest to that as well. Which is a massive, massive issue because... Stupid again, population. Um uh, I keep using my girlfriend as an example, but she teaches at a at a school that is um, public, yeah, public, and also belong. It's it's basically in a hood, and so so she was saying she was telling me that a lot of a lot of the students in her school are basically illiterate, and she was saying that that is in stark contrast to kids in the sixties and seventies where not not saying that every kid ended up going to university in fact less people went to university but when you came out of your schooling program you were literate there was a higher standard in school there was a higher standard in today's australia you could come you could finish year 12 and you could still be illiterate dude it's it's fucking true which is it's true even in my time even when i was in school like you could get by look maybe maybe it's not as bad as it is now but like yeah it, it wasn't like the high if you it was almost like if you didn't actively seek out your your if you weren't if you weren't actively involved maybe that's what it was but if you weren't actively involved in the curriculum and and, and like um engaging with it on a on a level of like some level of, enga of engagement and enthusiasm then then you could get, you could finish and with qualifications that you shouldn't yeah. have. So it's definitely a problem. And it seems, I think it's a broader cultural issue because 
We don't value it anymore. I blame TikTok and America. Actually, funny you say that. I was actually reading up on something, and I wanted to bring it up in this segment. Do you know, again, people... uh, I'm not, I'm not, again, it's going to be a China example. Who cares? Do you know China is doing these sweeping reforms on what their version of TikTok and social media consumption for children is? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. There's, so what they're doing is, one, that there's a blackout for social media for children under the age of 18, which Whoa. is which is really, really good because what they, they did some research and they found out that oh even if, let's say you're a, a kid that's going you're in year seven now your parents let, let me tell you you could say not another word and i would think that that's fucking genius well and and because and, and the research Continue. the research uh the research backs it up too what they what they did was that if let's say you're a student in year seven and your parents are diligent right they care about that's actually one of the biggest critical factors for life chances of a child like uh aside from like uh, actually talking Parents that talk to their kids more end up uh, the kids end up having a higher vocabulary, which ends up increasing their life chances. Right. So let's say you had diligent parents that were telling you, I know that there's a whole social media world out there, but after 7 p.m., you're not allowed to use social media. What they've, they did research and they found out that just fills you with extreme amount of anxiety. Because you're sitting there not allowed to use social media while you know all your peers are still on there and they're doing crazy amounts of stuff. So what they said was in order to help this, you need to have a blanket blackout for kids. So in China, they are after I think it's 7 p.m., you're not allowed. No kid is allowed to access social media. Oh, so not. I thought you said they can't access it at all till they're 18. No, they can, they can, oh, but like, well, you, you can't stop them because they learn a lot from it too. Right, right, right. So, so 7 after PM 7 p.m., under yeah. 18, you're not allowed to use social media. Yeah. Then there's small things like while you're scrolling through, because, you know, all these tech companies have sort of designed their mechanisms in a way where they're just trying to grab your attention all the time. Never leave. They're competing for your attention. So China's mandated that their version of TikTok, while you're scrolling through your reels, after about uh, watching two or three videos, it comes with a mandatory 45 second pause and it says, are you sure you want to continue watching videos? And you have to wait. It's smart. Then. Because I would go, no, I don't want to fuck. Yeah, yeah, because 45 seconds, you're just trapped there. And also like, it's so much of it is just time. It just increases your likelihood of getting off of it. Some people will still do it, but then it's giving you an added sort of. Because it is just novelty and dopamine. What you're giving yourself is a drug. It's just a feedback loop of a drug. So if you cut that communication, then you go like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. So it's smart. Then you've got a, a, a gaming blackout for under 18. So wow. if you're oh, under the age of 18, <laughs> well, because it's the biggest issue for them. Yeah. It's more relevant for them. If you look at yeah. like the stats of screen times and gaming time, massive. the four countries that are on top of the list are Korea, China, uh, number one, India, number two, Brazil, number three, and US, number four. It's this, Korea. It also represents their population size. Oh, okay. But... Basically, it's a big concern for them because it's moving away a lot of people from being productive, a lot of kids from being productive. So they put a blackout on games where uh, you can only access gamings on weekends and public holidays. It's fucking smart. It's not freedom, but it's 
Good for you. These, I think, and now you could look at this, and we live in Australia, and you could say, well, this is this tyranny, is uh, tyranny. tyranny. Where's the concept government of liberty? Over, yeah. Who's the government to tell my kid sure. when they can access social media, when yeah. they can't access their social media? But ultimately, social media, I, I sound like Jordan here, but social media, ultimately, it, look, there's positives. It's great for communication. It's great for, if it's used sensibly, it's good. It's great for reaching a bigger audience for a business. For businesses, it's amazing. Great for small businesses, free advertising, the best ever. I mean, Jordan wouldn't have a career. It helps me hugely, all of us. It's, I'm not shaming it in that regard. But it is a drug that is so um, easy to, to fall into becoming an addict without really thinking about it, realizing it, and, and because it's socially accepted, you just keep using it and using it. And there are serious dangers. And for young people, suicide numbers are skyrocketing, self-conscious anxiety. It's a smart move. One more thing. It's a smart move. The government in China uh, allocates a budget for TikTok <coughs> video production where they, they get TikTok, like right. scientists and other people. You know, all the good content that yeah. you would watch on YouTube or something that is... Um, the non-dopamine stuff. The non-dopamine stuff. And what they do is they make small videos of it and they force their tech companies or they're in the process of doing this because all of this is easy, easier said than done. But they would plant some of those videos forcefully into algorithms that while you're watching, let's say you're really into... I don't know, watching Bollywood songs or whatever. Let's say that's what... Oh, you know me too Or, or well. K-pop material, right? <laughs> like BTS material. What it would do is like while you're scrolling through after a second video, it would plug in a, uh, a scientific video within that so that you get slightly yeah, distracted. It's a tiny thing, but it's smart because the internet is an amazing uh, tool, but so many people, including myself, use it for crap yeah generally no yeah i use it for a lot of crap even if i'm looking at music gear i'm like what does this sound like i'm never going to use it i'm never going to buy it i don't need it yeah it's useless so that's again that's smart it's fucking smart because people seem to forget like i know like you said there's questions of liberty and freedom and shit but it's like from my experience we people human beings are dogs we just need training. I, I need, personally, I need a routine. I need someone to tell me what to do, basically, to have consequences to actions and and some form of stability and meaning. That's kind of, and also contributing, and you feel good when you actually achieve things that take hard work and dedication and time and delayed gratification. But it doesn't come naturally, and it's hard. And it, otherwise, we'll all and just you know what, be in bed eating bag after bag of M&Ms. But miss, you know what makes it <laughs> even harder for Gen Z and the... Because they were born I in feel it. for... Because they were born in it. So when you're growing up, this, they did a study on marijuana smoking. And what they did, what they've basically figured out was that they can't be completely sure still what uh, negative impacts it has on adults, mm. except that if you have an addictive personality, it can take over you. But you could be a functioning marijuana smoker as an adult with having very little adverse consequences on your life but what they did cement or figure out was 
that when you're in your developing years, let's say you're a young teenager, you're 12, 13, when your brain is still developing, mm. if you consume heavy amounts of marijuana, it actually does stunt your growth in your adulthood too. What so you your growth? Your, your mental growth. Really? What age? 12, 13? Yeah, like basically until you're an adult. Like you've, your brain just, has fully yeah. developed. No, I was just running it through my mind. I'm like, ah, oh, I was just... Biologically. I was, I was just on the cusp, so... But, <laughs> hey, that's what... The, and, and I think the same applies for a lot of this uh, techno, technology stuff too. If you're mm. born in it and if you're mm. consuming it since you're... Like you look at kids... 100%. You look at uh, infants today, like the... Terror. And it's, a lot of I feel I feel they're for constantly in front of the screen, and you ask a parent, and I feel for them. You ask yeah, a parent, you're like, "What? Hard. Why are you letting your kid do this?" And they're like, "You have no fucking it's clue, so dude. Hard. It's so you hard. sit there with our kids, and you think that it's easy. You think we don't know. You think we don't try. This kid would throw fits here, where you are going to be looking at us in public and being like, "Can you control your fucking kid? Exactly. Yeah. And so you understand all of that, but. Yeah it still impacts the kids absolutely so you have to like sort of forcefully somehow their make their screen time you know the duration less well what's your take on it i think it's fucking smart i think i think it's a good thing too yeah. and i think that's also part of the reason why like your education standards are dropping okay this is a funny thing but like again for my girlfriend they are dropping this, people people think can i just say this before you go yeah. on again i'm just channeling jordan here but they asked a bunch of it was a tally of uh, american school kids or youth or something about what they want to be when they grow up the majority of them said famous yeah and then they were like what for and they're like i don't care i don't know just famous and they asked a bunch of kids in china and again i'm not i think i can list all the bad things that are bad about china all night i think everyone knows my perspective perspectives on that irrelevant of that they asked kids in China what they wanted to be. And it was like, doctor, lawyer, astronaut, you know, what we saw as prestigious careers. And like, you would find a lot of kids in China that would want to do social media stuff right, too. Okay. But I suppose uh, but the numbers don't more, lie, you know, but, but anyway, go on. Yeah. My girlfriend's a school. There's this kid who's dating a TikTok star, local TikTok star. I'm not going to reveal the postcode or what area the kid's famous in, but she was saying it's so funny. Because the kid, he's like, he's dropping out of school because his girlfriend's somewhat, fit, uh, like, year 10 or year 11 or something. Well, that, actually, and, that's a lot of dropouts. And, like, he's a, he's a celebrity in in the school for dating this TikToker. And she'd say he walks in, all the kids start clapping and screaming. And every time he walks wow. in class, he goes, he pumps oh them up. <laughs> See, this is the thing, right? The kids aren't to blame. No, the kids Our, aren't to blame. Any of us at that age would have done the same thing. It's exactly. like, I mean, that's exactly what kids are like. They want your hormones are pumping. You're 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 learning about where you place in terms of society, in terms of your social connections. So those connections are like really important. I mean, they still are for adults, but like hyper hyper important. They're exaggerate. You know, you're like that is what you care about. By nature, you have to force children and young people to to do things that they don't want to do, even just to live. The yeah. world is not a fair, fun place a lot of the time, at all, most of the time. So it's like, the kids aren't to blame. I don't blame the kid for going, yeah, I do the same thing. The problem is the institutions and the tech, the companies and all these apps and the culture, because it's like, it's not stopping it. Yeah. And like, you can't stop it. So there has to be regulation. If there's no regulation, then like, we're doomed. You can't leave it on autopilot. 
dude, we're already getting fucked. Like, yeah. it's it's really, and I am too, man. Like, I, one example, my phone is so fucked now. My phone's just fucked. It's fucked. It's dying. It's on its last legs. So that cross cam is going to be gone soon. It has to be. So many people think I'm using a filter and I'm like, they think I'm an idiot. Um, I, I, I delete, I, I don't have Facebook on there because I, I just don't really, I just don't use it on my phone and I was like, this is stupid. But Instagram, I still used. I, the only reason I do is because of the band thing, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I deleted it and I couldn't reinstall it because my phone's so fucked. It was like too much disk space. I couldn't install Instagram. So me being forced by a different reason to not be able to access Instagram for the last couple of days at all. It was hard for a day. Three, four days later, best thing that's ever happened to me. If it's not an option... I realize how much time and energy I waste on it. And then I put that time and energy into, into other things that are actually beneficial and useful and ironically make me actually feel more, feel, feel better and accomplish like I'm doing something more meaningful. And Is that, that really forced. more meaningful than checking out Instagram thoughts all day? Yes. Hmm. What? I beg to differ. <laughs> Dude, tell <laughs> trust me. Delete it. It's like, it's profound. Yeah, no. And that's just a single... I don't even use it that much except to like stalk Instagram thoughts. Every I, I, just, I just use it to... I like it because I can look at bands. It's such, a, it's such an intimate look at bands. It's like, oh, my favorite guitarist uses this pedal and this amp and this guitar. Where Oh, they eat fucking cheeseburgers, you know? Mm. But even that is... Uh, it's like everything ultimately becomes the new normal. So when I was a kid... I thought like, <laughs> so embarrassing. I thought Limp Bizkit were like gods. And I thought that if I was like, I, I, I live in Australia, they'd be like, where's that? We live in Limp Bizkit world. Like I thought that there was no, they, they, they live in, they, I didn't think that they were like normal people yeah. and any artists. And now I obviously don't think that. But the thing is, <clears throat> the thing is that, that has now become the new normal. So the new normal is you know everything about everyone. You understand where they live and who their friends are and where they eat and what the specifics of what they do. You can do that. Mm. So now that's just expected of of everyone. And now that's kind of just what it is. And it's kind of plain now. It's like I can tell you what – I can tell you like, I don't know, what oh, – well, David Bowie's dead, but like I don't know. Like I can tell you what any artist – modern day artist uh, a lot more detail a lot more detail about what they enjoy and how they live and what they like has that made me more fulfilled and given me more enjoyment from what they do and as them as people i don't i don't know i don't really think so it's again it's novelty it's not meaningful it's novelty what do they eat that's novelty where do they live that's a novelty what guitars they use oh that's kind of cool but it, essentially it's a novelty too because when you're given less, the, the more constrictions you have in your, you get more creative and your interpretations become cool. So if I don't know what this guitar, this guitar this guy used, right, I might buy one that I just assume he uses and then I'll work at it and create my interpretation of how he plays. And then I might meet him and be like, oh, no, dude, you were way off. But what you've created by your wrong assumptions is ultimately way cooler 
than what you would have yeah. created if I just gave you my, the fact sheet of what I do. Learn something new in the process. Yeah. And create- Found a different way of yeah, getting there. Yeah, you sort of you sort of bend, it bends. And then by it bending, your interpretation of something is your interpretation. It becomes more original. And usually it's something new. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. I know what you- Yeah. And Novelty is overrated. Novelty br- is bringing overrated. Bringing it back to the segment <laughs> in the first place. Now, this is the, this is where the political aspects of it come. Mm. So the teachers are on strike. The liberal government is essentially saying that you don't deserve a pay rise. Right. Because- Can I just ask, is it a state or a federal thing, this? This is a state thing. Gotcha, go on. So you don't deserve a pay rise because if you compare your wages to- uh, private sector of similar kind of jobs you're getting adequate salary blah 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 and all that stuff but on the surface some economists could actually be yeah that's like you're interfering with the market you're just creating inflation you're overpaying certain people blah blah, blah. but this is this strike could be a blessing in disguise for the government if you do increase the pay and sure the pay for teachers let's say might be higher than someone that's doing some private job but that incentivizes people smart people to get into teaching and ever (laughs) since the liberals i I sound like jordan when i say this but like ever since the liberals took over they've been the, the act of starving these public services actually has horrible knock on consequences where when you reduce the teaching standards at school, you think it's not that much of an issue, but it has a knock-on effect on universities. Universities in Australia, because of the standard of education, were such a high priority for international kids all over the world that would want to come to Australia because they were they knew that the quality the, the quality standard is as high as anywhere else that teaches top at any other top university. Yeah. And that's diminishing as well. That'll be jeopardized. Because, and now they recently did a, a post-COVID study on, because there's a huge problem where a lot of the kids, a lot of the students, international students came from China. And with these uh, geopolitical rebalancing, we're not going to depend more on uh, China. So we're trying to diversify, sorry, diversify, which basically means India. And they did this uh, extensive research <laughs> market research into to Indians, like whether they be English-speaking Indians or uh, local language-speaking Indians to see what they think of ch- uh, Australian university education. And the results aren't good. Really? The, the wanting of come to Australia, uh, wanting to come to Australia is diminishing. Wait a sec. <clears throat> but isn't that, but why? Because, is what, uh, because, uh, what, are you saying that, Teachers, um, the quality is dropping, so university lecturers, quality is dropping? Yeah, and which means that right. international students so are looking to effect. go it's elsewhere. There's a knock-on effect. There's a knock-on effect. I wouldn't have thought that... Um, ah, it's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that university lecturer qualities would drop. But they are. But, well, you could argue that, and the clear evidence is that internationally students find australia less attractive destination for higher education than what they did five six years ago Hmm. now part of it has to do with covid as well because with this in this massive stop uh people have are reconfiguring what they think about this stuff and how they want to go approach higher education Mm -hmm. but that's not a good sign 
No. Because Australia was considered a benchmark yeah. for education, whether it be high school education or tertiary so, education. So you're saying that kids are graduating high school dumb and then they're becoming dumb uni lecturers to simplify it. Yeah. Even though uni Shit. lecturers are higher, are much more educated hey. than your, yes. I'm, I'm much more educated than your standard teachers. Right. But there's still some sort of, because the other thing is, I think there's also a structural issue over here that it's not just that the teachers are bad. The university lecturers are bad, but the, the university curriculum isn't good enough. Yeah. It's not well adapted to today's world. So, mm you would need a lot more engagement with real life. Uh, some What they've figured out is, or what they're sort of advocating nowadays is, education should be a mesh of actual practical training as well as uh, your normal bookish stuff. And Australian universities haven't been able to sort of combine those two as effectively as a lot of Scandinavian and right. uh, Germany is, is one example where they're doing it really well. The only disadvantage that they have is that their teaching isn't in English. Yes. If their teaching, if Scandinavian teaching was primarily in English, you would see a lot more uh, international kids and these rich people who would send their kids to their schooling as well. Right. Because they're clearly, they're, the, they're setting the benchmark really high. But the uni issue isn't, so the uni issue, issue isn't separate from the, Teacher I think it's just a general education thing. You, yeah. you know what it is. I think that we're. I think that we're trying to. Maybe, maybe I'm. I don't know. I might be wrong here, but I feel like we're sort of trying to emulate America, and America's education system is fucked. That's the other actual. Okay, so they recently. I, I was reading this report on higher education in Australia, where they were. It, it's a. It's a yearly report which. Uh, evaluates where, what the higher education program is like, how it can made, be made better. And I think the problem lies there. They evaluated four aspects of higher education, uh, which include practical skills, curriculum teaching, and one of the biggest components was identity and values. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. It's the culture. It's the the identity and values is cool for a certain section of people, but to emphasize it, and all the panelists that were talking about this report that I saw on a video as well, kept emphasizing on how important identity and values and diversity is. I'm not saying that that's not important. I'm saying that you should focus on other things as well. It's not, because what, what you're basically training your kids... To, Today's kid living, let's say, it's called the, uh, I think someone described it as the Hik Hikatashu syndrome, where Hikatashu is a make-believe child that lives in Japan, in a rural Japan, and who belongs to a lower middle class. The worldview that that kid has is, if I go to the city and get, train, uh, get a university education and also become... Uh, and also learn English, I become a global citizen, mm. which increases my uh, uh, life chances where I would probably earn more, blah, blah, blah. All of this is predi predicated on the American hegemonic concept of what education needs to be. In a rebalancing geopolitical world where China becomes the supreme power, a lot of that sort of worldview of what it means to be educated also loses relevance.
But what's surely the Chinese model is not that different. Just replace English with Chinese or some shit. It replace English with Chinese, but also I think that they've got a more emphasis on uh, uh, on STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics than Australia has. Oh, dude, our our fucking maths science is less, but our maths is like a joke, dude. Like. Well, look, maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know. Maybe it's not that bad. When I was in high school, like, uh, it wasn't great. But for instance, you can drop it for the HSC, which I did. Yeah. So I dropped it. I was doing it, and I was so bad at it that I dropped it. Whereas, you know, should you be allowed to drop maths? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. A I lot really of people would say you shouldn't, yeah. uh, particularly at high school level. Because, like, for example, I wasn't. Yeah, you, I couldn't. You, you couldn't. I couldn't. See, this is the thing. In, in Australia, right, if I wanted to, this is fucking over 10 years ago. So like maybe, I don't know, it's probably even more lax now. But when I was in school, you could drop fucking everything. You could drop maths, drop science. You don't have to do history. You could, I think you had to, I think English was mandatory, but it was like fucking basic English. So it was kind of like, analyze little red riding hood, you know. Uh, you could finish with an HSC, a high UAI, whatever the fuck they call it now, with doing like business studies, sport, PE, like uh, physical education, um, textiles, and like cooking. Yeah. Th that's it. And it's like, at, at, one, at what point should it be, should someone, should this, the government or whoever come in and say, this isn't enough to qualify there has to be standards in an education system otherwise anyone could do it and anyone can finish it's it's pointless it, it, it's it has no value Ooh. it's supposed to be hard and that would fuck me because i wasn't <laughs> like i was good at music and english and i did geography and and you know i did biology and ancient history but like i wasn't good at those either i was bad at math i was good at a few el elements but that doesn't mean that i should have be i should be exonerated from those difficult subjects because life's fucking difficult and and if the standard keeps dropping there will have there will be implications in terms of the workforce and society and culture alter, culture ultimately and for that you also need to you can't have only one option that you need to have non-universities pathways TAFE to a decent great. living. TAFE is sick. Which and, means and they've cut TAFE, that too. They've cut that again, too. Again, that's the, like, all, you're the starving all of this stuff yeah. and you think you're making good economical decisions no, to balance the they budget. Know they're not. But you're creating issues for the next 20, 30 yes. years. Yes. I'll, I'll give you another example of why extra resources are really important in this sort of situation. So one of the other researches that they've done on education is that they they've come to this conclusion that let's say you're a bilingual kid, right? You grew up like me, like you. Okay. You, you done. now imagine when you came to, let's say you weren't born here. You right. came to Australia, right? You're a young kid mm. that lives in an immigrant household where your parents exclusively speak in a foreign language. In this case, it's Croatian, right? You, you, you speak Croatian at home, mm. which I did. Yeah. You go to school, and you're taught in English. Now you're going to be able to learn spoken English really well because we uh, with, with with your peers. But what they figured out was that in order for you to actually develop your faculties and to understand what you're studying really well, mm. is by cementing the initial ideas 
like numeracy and and basic language skills in the language that you are most comfortable speaking in. If you skip that zone, let's say you're when you're a child and you only this this issue is uh, very prevalent with Arabic speakers in Australia. So you would come to the school, you would learn in English, you speak Arabic at home. At this point, you live in Australia, your Arabic isn't even perfect, and your English isn't even perfect. So that's actually what makes you a little illiterate by the time you reach year 12 because you don't know either of those languages really ah. well. The only way you can learn English is by learning Arabic first. So when your initial mm. primary education is to be taught in an ideal world, it needs to be taught in Arabic. And then after... A Wait a second, it works for me. Look, your circumstances might have been different. Right, First yeah. of all, I don't know what you could have achieved if you had. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I did fine in school, you fuck. Well, yeah. I know. But, but what I'm saying is like, <laughs> it would be ideal for you to learn uh, English that's, that, look, that's in Arabic initially. Really? And look, once you... That's kind of surprising, but it's interesting. Hey, this, if once the science you, speaks for itself. Yeah, once you reach year four and five, at that point, once you've cemented your foundations, then you can go on and learn as many languages as you want. You really once you've got your base so. strong, yeah. it's like having the tools first. If you don't know your own language that well... It is impossible for you to master other languages. But if you know your own language really well, you can pick right. up many languages and understand them really well. Which yeah. is why you go to Scandinavia and people speak perfect English. Yeah, that's true. They know English better than most English speakers. Yeah, I don't know how that is. They studied English, but their basics were in their local languages. And so it was easier for them to understand. But what so that you're means saying is, if I did that, I'd be an astronaut right now. I don't know. Who knows? My but what Croatian I'm saying, was pretty high, like good, high standard. Yeah, but can you read Croatian? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, what I'm saying is, in order to address these kinds of issues, you need you need proper, dedicated Arabic teachers in all schools that have a big representation of Arabic student kids. That requires additional resources. And you're that's starving. My, that's never going to happen. You're anyway. starving these. <laughs> because like of the cultural implications. Everyone's like, what the fuck? You know? But if the science, if the research is strong on that and, and, and you know, like uh, if it's fucking true, then hey, maybe maybe it's the right thing to do. You if, know, if, if, if it really does. Yeah. Because, you know, some might say, well, they're not gonna, ever going to learn English. That, why would they, right? They won't. There's no... It's not gonna because I would I would assume that if you learn one language up to year five, you're not gonna have a particular urge to jump over to a next language just at the peak of your education in one language. Maybe I'm wrong. It just seems like well, apparently you can really and you okay. do it much better. Like well, if the Scandinavian you know, the Scandinavian Chomsky, model, if that's what they do in Scandinavia, then then there's obviously some there's obviously some some truth to that because the. You know, like you said, Scandinavians speak English better than... Yeah, often you get primary education in English in Scandinavia right. at university level. Where? In, in, in Scandinavia. So you would get... In school. English, yeah. In school, yeah. you would have English as like a minor subject, the same way you would have Italian yeah. at school. And then at university, your entire medium of education is in English. 
but somehow they are able to adapt really well. It's pretty amazing. Imagine yeah. if I told you that you you do Italian in high school. I did French in high school. If you did French in high yeah. school, now imagine once you enter university, all your education is going to be in French. You'd you'd know it. You're sc- you'd you'd be good. You'd learn. But like French. by that point, you would find it really difficult to succeed at university unless your foundations in French aren't that strong. Which yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I've met a lot of Australians that say, "Yo, I studied French at high school," and you're like, "Do you know where it's like we?" Oui? Yeah, it's like je me f- I know how to say a few things. So you don't know really anything. So yeah. you haven't. Yeah. Either way, Chomsky. You know, Chomsky is like yeah. famous for being uh, being a political theorist and stuff. But he's primarily a linguist. Linguistics. Yeah, yeah. And he his it's actually his theory. Oh, really? His theory is that language or communication between two people, what we're doing right now, isn't the purpose of language. It seems to be a byproduct of language. The purpose of language is to create an analytical framework in your mind that helps you organize thoughts, which is why whenever you think, you think in a language. (laughs) There's no other way to think. It's funny you say that because I think in Croatian sometimes. Well, which is also a language. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that means that actually Croatian has a big impact on you, which means that you're not actually as native of an English speaker as you might think. Probably, yeah. Because your initial foundation was actually set in Croatian. So Chomsky says that once you've understood the basic, you've understood your language, you've created an analytical framework Mm -hmm. into how to organize your thoughts, it's actually much easier for you to understand other things too. Wow, cool. Which is why bilingual people, they say, are smarter. Mm. Because it's not that they're smarter just because they can communicate with more people. It's because they have multiple analytical tools. So they can think of the same problem in two ways Mm. as opposed to someone that was more... Yeah, I think you're right because that's, that's that's a really cool point because I feel like different languages are... Again, Croatian is the only thing I really have to, to relate to. But this, it's almost like the style, no two languages say it's the same thing the same way. There's always, you can say, oh, this is what they're saying. Actually, according to Chomsky, no two people say the same thing in the same way. Oh, wow. Well, he says that the difference between when you say that you speak a common language, your language is similar enough that you're able to decode the other person really well. Yeah. But everyone has their own individual language. I think that's true too. Which is why like when, because languages change so quickly. It's, mm. we always compare to countries like Australia and the US, which are basically formed based on like take, uh, sort of diminishing the older societies and creating this artificial homogenous language. But usually within a few Ks, your language changes. Mm. So that's true. Yeah. When yeah. you go from like, a, when you're in Europe, you go from like, let's say Italy to France, at some point you'll start off as Italian and then when closer to French border, it becomes closer to French and at some point it just becomes French. Yes. And so all languages, everyone has a different language. It's just that it's similar enough that we can decode each other. Mm. It's fascinating. There's a whole lot of literature on like how important language is. It, this, that to me is fascinating. I don't know why, but it is. There's, there's always been a part of me that's... Um, like I was saying with the Croatian thing, it's like... I, I can give you a sentence in English and a sen- sentence in Croatian that I'm, when they translate mean the same thing. But even the way that the Croatian sentence is like phonetically, the, what it evokes when it's said, it's a completely different They're thing. They're saying that the audio keeps growing up. No, it's, it sounds fine to me. They're saying you guys become robots every now and then. I, I've been listening the whole time. Oh, look, I... 
have been listening the whole time and I've heard uh, <laughs> Miss Love is trilingual. He knows Bogan as well. Two right, yeah, dirty mats. But yeah, like two sentences saying the same thing. They feel and evoke completely different emotions and a different styles. You know what's interesting too? Probably because my dad obviously learned English later in life. Um, maybe it's because it's his native language, Croatian, or maybe it's because of what I was talking about, the inherent differences in language and how you communicate. And that they're, they're different. You don't say the same things. They're completely different. There's inflections. There's, there's completely unrelated. There's no relationship with Croatian and English. None, really. Um, and maybe it's just because maybe, may, or maybe it's because the English language is just so, but, 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 so fragmented. And also, and, and you know how the English language is kind of like, everything is simplified. There's no nuance. There's no genders. You know, in Croatian, everything is a gender. That's female. That's male. That's female. English is like rudimentary. Like I am going to the car. It's just like, that's the nature of it. Mm. Whenever I speak to my dad in, in English, so it could have be any of those reasons. I'm just giving you, I don't know why, but it's like fragmented. It doesn't flow as much. It's a lot. It takes a lot more physical energy to, to speak it's more tiring for both of us. Mm. But then when we speak Croatian, it's so fluid that it's almost, things can be said quicker, easier. Um, it's just, it's just, it's easier to communicate and to be more expressive. I just find that so interesting. So, uh, it could be Chomsky, any of those reasons. Chomsky would actually disagree with you. Oh, <laughs> why, why? Because what Chomsky says is that he he gave one of his interviews which i check out i think it was a university of washington interview that he did go on youtube on linguistics it's a highly recommended one um but so just at that point he gives an example of an old french bishop who made a prediction in i think 17 or 1600s who said that i'll, I'll make a prediction french will be the language of science and English and Italian uh, would be the language of romance and literature because he says that in French, the, the concept follows immediately after the words that you use it. Whereas in English, the, you have uh, the, uh, the flow of language is such that the, it takes much longer to express a thought. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, Basically, what he is also trying to say is that I know French better. So for him, the flow is easier in French because he speaks French primarily. That's the language he is most comfortable in. Mm. It's not that English is inherently different. All languages are essentially the same. Right. It's whatever language that you have the best command over that you would feel is easier to communicate in. So for your dad... Croatian would be easier to communicate right. because he just knows Croatian better than English. Okay. I mean, that's probably, he that's thinks probably in true. Croatian, so yeah, yeah. It, expressing your ideas in Croatian is way easier for him to do so. Yeah. But if he was primarily an English speaker that had never, ever studied Croatian, he grew up in Surrey and had always spoken French, including his family, I think he would find it much more difficult to express his ideas in Croatian. That's probably all, that's probably all it is. I'm probably just looking at it from a, from a typical, like creative point of view where I'm like, it's the juju baby. It's like, no, it's probably just that he's more, but I swear to God, 
I still do think that Croatian or Italian, French, not Germanic languages have this lyricism and flow where communication is, if because of the nature of that lyricism, um, it's easier to communicate. It flows. It. Physically, I think it's just because. Maybe. It's easier for you to communicate in it. Nah, but it's It's not, not that the language inherently is better for communication. But this is the thing. My All Croatian, languages are equally good at communication. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, uh, it's not, but my Croatian isn't amazing, so it's not the case. But that's not Yeah, true. but, you know, you just said that you sometimes think in I Croatian. I do, yeah, 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 sometimes. Which yeah. means that there's part of your mind that is coded to think of stuff in Croatian. Yeah. So it's easier for you to express because sure. there's no because sure. there's no translation yeah. because a lot of times like I because I speak English and I've been speaking it for so long I do it instinctively without realizing but every person that has learned a language and is communicating in a different language that they've learned over the years is almost translating every word that they're speaking yeah which makes it more difficult way more difficult in yeah. Croatian you don't have to do that. So it's a more direct process. Yeah. The language you're thinking in, the language is... So you're saying exactly what you're thinking as opposed to recoding it. Yeah, that makes sense. Basically, if you're speaking in English, you are converting an MKV file into MP4 first <laughs> and then putting it out there. Yeah. Which yeah. Uh, makes the process longer. It's a minute second because no, your no, brain no, is, yeah. is a computer and can do it really quickly, but it's still going through that process. When you skip that process, you feel better because... You don't have to do that extra work. Anyways, it's that's that. It's, it, look, it's fascinating stuff. Maybe maybe there's still time for me to rent a small apartment in downtown Boston and just sit behind a whole bunch of books and just be like, French is cool. <laughs> French is Romanian, cool. First of all, it's sexier. Romanian is also cool. You know, there's maybe there's still time for me. <laughs> what Linguistics about, amazing. What about Indian? Not cool. Indian is, I would call it a cool language, <laughs> but it's fascinating. Hey. It's still fascinating. Oh, all I think languages all languages, exactly. Yeah. I think they're all fascinating. I mean, I think Chinese is a pretty ugly language, but it's still fascinating. Mm. And that's just my interpretation. Maybe it's not. Maybe all right. That was a long segment, yeah, but awesome. let's move on. We, we talked about this last segment. Yeah. Sorry, last pod, which mm -hmm. never aired. So we're going to do it again. The Solomon Islands. Do you Wait. remember that? What the hell is this? Is this still weird sounds? Wait, I swear. Uh, just tell us. Okay. Just Look, not everyone's saying it. Yeah, so I'm I, just I kidding. Mean, I, but see, I'm listening and it sounds absolutely fine. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Anyways, look. Yeah, whatever. look. It's okay now, they said. I don't know. It's, it's been fine for a while. <sighs> whatever. Okay, so cheers, cheers. Have you, so Solomon Islands. Yeah. Yes. Have you guys uh, been following the news on Solomon Island? I am speaking to this camera as if it can talk back. <laughs> hey. That's the audience right there. But basically, to give you a little brief of what happened in Solomon Islands is that there was a there was recently a spat of protests directed against the government as well as China um, because there's a lot of investment Chinese investment in Solomon Islands. I know, and about so the they state, burnt yeah. the Chinatown and. Yeah. Uh, they actually burnt the parliament building and there was a vote of no confidence in parliament. They wanted to mm -hmm. um, overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. And Australia has sent, I don't know, close to a thousand 
uh, I can't remember the exact number. It might be close to 500 or something like that. Military and police personnel to protect the state from basically collapsing. The interesting thing about this is that the United States and India are putting pressure on Australia to stop doing that. Yeah. Because they would rather that the government collapses in Solomon Island and the new government would be more US friendly. Yeah. And Australia is not doing that, even though it's part of it's part of the grand coalition against China. I'm surprised. So there's these yeah. little nuances, but this is this is basically this is the story. So Solomon Islands, there's about eight or nine provinces. One of the provinces is backed allegedly because I think I have to say that, <laughs> by the U.S. government. In 2017 or 2018, the Solomon Islands uh, president basically uh, recognized China and uh, severed, um, is that how you pronounce it? Severed. Severed. Yeah, yeah. Severed yeah. ties yeah, right. yeah, yeah. with uh, Taiwan, mm-hmm. and which actually put Solomon Islands in this like Pacific Cold War issue where the US did not like the new government anymore. So they were backing a province yeah. that had their own internal rifts going on to overthrow the government and the new government would be less China friendly and more US friendly. Mm. China was giving a fair amount of money to the Solomon Islands uh, through incentives of trade to basically convince them to be to side with China and yeah. neutralize that area and not let it be an American base for a potential conflict. Yeah. And the Sol- and, bec- and the U.S. just was not offering that same kind of money to Solomon Islands. So it was natural that they shifted. Now, Australia, the question is, why would Australia send military and police personnel to support a Chinese-backed state against the U.S.? And that's the interesting question. The reason yeah. is because Australia is pragmatic and not a moron. I can't believe it. If because <laughs> I can't believe if it. Solomon Islands, uh, the the regime in Solomon Island collapses, what comes is a vacuum, and when that vacuum comes, there's going to be a political struggle to find out who gets to take over the country. So you're talking about violence and some kind of a war right at Australia's doorstep. The immediate concern for Australia in that situation would be it would become a hotbed for piracy because that's how you fund war. Just heaps of... If you live in an island in the Solomon. Just heaps of... um, Just heaps of uh, dodgeball DVDs. (laughs) Yes, heaps of dodgeball, which directly (laughs) affects us because our trade goes through there to Japan, East Asia, and the rest of the world. So a huge piracy presence in Solomon Islands is going to be catastrophic for Australian economic interests. Mm. Then, on top of that, with war comes refugees. You know how far Solomon Islands is from Australia? Like, I'm going to say like 100 kilometers. No, way more than that. More than that, but I don't know the exact, but it's very close. Yeah, it's close. It's basically considered, along with Papua New Guinea, as a buffer state of Australia. So I thought it was east, Solomon Islands. It's uh, north. Oh, fuck. I'm thinking of Samoa. North, north, yeah, there's, wait, you're thinking, thinking all of of it is in north because east to us is, is nothing. It's just the ocean. And then if you go slightly down, it's New Zealand. What are you talking about? You got east. You got you got uh, 
New Caledonia, Samoa, Fiji, the Australasian islands. There's heaps east. Okay, look at this. This is this is a map. Solomon Islands. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. That's Australia. Northeast. Yeah, northeast, but like I it's not east. Yeah, I thought it was because, east, east Samoa and shit. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's northeast, Where but oh fuck, yeah. So either it's, way, it's here. The so look. So if you look at the map, these are Australia's buffer states. Because anyone that's coming to attack Australia would have to come through here, unless it was New Zealand, which we don't perceive as a threat. But anyways, the more immediate <laughs> concern is, there is perceived. all our traffic, our international trade, goes through that area. Shit. So if there's piracy over there, we are screwed. <sighs> and not to mention that if the, goes, if the state collapses, then the refugees are coming our way as well. So it would be in Australia's interest I'm surprised. to keep the state intact. Are you not surprised that ScoMo did that? I would have thought he'd be like, send the nuclear subs against them. And as soon as he would have thought of that, some bureaucrat that understands what they're saying, like, you can't. Really? These are the consequences. Right. Of, Even in the yeah. Liberal Party. Because uh, Australia learned its ex uh, lesson during the Howard years where there was political instability in the Solomon Islands and we didn't actually go and support them yeah. and that created a lot of problems. Shit. So this time when it turned around, right. Australia actually signed a, a defense pact with Solomon Islands in 2017 to protect them against this exact wow. scenario. So there's a legal rationale for it as well. But, well, look, but I'm, that's good news, really, that they're doing that. Well, it's good news, but it, bad news is the Cold War is at our doorstep. This is step one. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Fuck. This is the problem with the world wars. This Cold War is going to affect us. U.S. Is, will have n no issues. It's exactly None what of their trade saying. goes it's, through it's here. Exactly They're going to fuck off even if they lose Solomon Islands. Wow. And we're the one who has to live in this area and deal with the consequences. So that, it's not good that, that our backyard is yeah, basically no. a Cold War hotbed. Shit. That Croatian house is looking a lot toastier right now. Which is why I always say that Australia's foreign policy should not be to side with the US or China, but to evaluate what our self-interest is. I mean, I'm coming around, dude. I'm coming around. I'm serious. I'm coming around because that is pretty fucking terrifying, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a bummer, to say the least. I don't know. That's fucking crazy. It's also, I'm very embarrassed that I haven't kept kept an eye on that. I'm so I'm so detached from the current affairs. It's, it's embarrassing. I need to, I need to, I need to, I think it's because it's depressing, but I need to like make more of an effort to actually keep abreast of these issues because it's serious shit. And like, I mean, look, it's a, it, let's just say it couldn't get any closer. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing after Solomon Islands. Then it comes mainland Australia. There's Fuck. no one else protecting us in between that. Fuck. So if no. Solomon Island collapses, we are in a lot of trouble. Shit. And then you've got Fiji and Papua New Guinea. Actually, and again, this is a point. Uh, Papua New Guinea and Fiji are both supporting Australia and sending their own personnel too because they have similar interests. Which means our foreign policy should be regional. It should take into account what our region needs with players like Fiji, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand. Yeah. Because... We're the ones that will suffer. Yeah. So we need to have a collective move with our neighbors 
And if that also means that at some point we have to tell US we can't support you in this, and it also means we tell China we can't support you in this, this, and this, yeah. that's the only way forward. Otherwise, we're screwed. You heard it here first. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I, it, it sounds logical to me. It's just fucking brutal that it's human nature that I think that the world, that that the world will. It's just the same old fucking story. I'm it's the same old, but it's just but it's, it's closer to us now. It was a lot easier when the war was in either Europe or yeah, the Middle East yeah. or even. Vietnam, but when the war comes to Solomon Islands, Fiji, and Darwin, Fuck. it's just like ooh. World War Two all over again. Yeah, that's that's not comforting because now we're not in our safe zone anymore. Do you think, oh God, do you think uh, Labor would would have better foreign policy? One hundred percent, they have a much better foreign policy right now. Poor, I feel bad for Penny Wong. Penny Wong is battling it out in the Senate with big, yeah, with big policy heavyweights right now, um, because she's advocating again for an independent view. Basically, she's saying that we shouldn't set a, we shouldn't draw the line where, like, if China invades Taiwan, it's a given yeah. that Australia would uh, yeah. would get into the war. She's yeah. saying that we could. Or we couldn't. Yeah. We need to keep that option open. Like that's a radical fucking question. Yeah. And she's she. I applaud her for actually saying it because usually when it came to Labour Party, the only people that were voicing this stuff were, um, you know, used bullets like your Paul Keatings and your Bob <laughs> Cars and your bullets. Kevin Rudds. And even though the Labour Party serving Labour Party parliamentarians might have the same exact view as Bob Carr, they were petrified to even say it because they would think that's political suicide. And it would be. But it has to be said. But it has to be said when it comes to big things like and Labour Party Labour Party, it's not that Labour Party is again, the Sky News tries to paint it as uh, the coalition which stands with US because we all love Ford <laughs> and uh, Labour stands with China because they like tyranny <laughs> and it's not Labour isn't siding with China they're just no. saying we need to assess every situation based on our, on our own national interests yeah and that's not and also not using World War 3 as an election campaign which the Liberal Party is doing because you look at Scott Morrison he is again lots is, is like how mischievous he is on one hand he exploits the anti-china sentiment in Australian public so well yeah. by like saying we're going to give it to china we're going to do this we're going to do that but when it comes to actually doing something in the solomon islands he does what the establishment mm. dictates which is keep the state intact which he's right for but there's a yeah. huge gap in what he says and what he does it's fucking scomo fucking scotty from marketing right labor just has it consistent this is what we say this is what we do yeah i think do you think albert can get in for the next one i think he can the fact that jordan said that Jordan was. He said he will. No, Jordan told me that he thinks that Alba wouldn't get in. He fucking flips. A, he flips. And everywhere. that is good news because I can tell you, every time Jordan says something will happen, the opposite happens. Really? In every instance. What? Yeah. Like, for example, last election, he said Labor was gonna win. Uh, 
Trump v. Uh, he Hillary. Hillary. Hillary was going to win. I didn't say that. Trump Not v. Me. Biden. He said Trump was going to win. Yeah, he loses every time. He, if, if Jordan is saying one thing, the opposite's going to happen. <laughs> and I'm very happy. The day Jordan comes in and he says, boys, I think we've got this one. I think Elbow's coming in. You're like, no. We, yeah, we're losing. Fuck. Dude, how funny is it us saying that like in ostensibly his office being like, what an idiot. <laughs> he, he, he'd, agree, he'd agree with yeah. me. He knows this is well, a little secret. I mean, look, I feel like my, um, I thought Trump might've gone in the second time, but my record's sort of 50-50. And I think Albo will win, if that means anything. Actually, it's a definition of meaningless. <laughs> I think Albo might win. And I can almost tell when I walk into any calls and I look at the selection of newspapers. Yeah. The Murdoch press, and other press for that matter, lost elections when Bill Shorten was coming in. Yeah. It, all you could see was just negative coverage. Yep. The last Sydney Morning Herald headline that I read was, Labor promises to address climate change and reduce power bills. That's huge. That That's huge. means that the at least if not if if the me if the press isn't for labor they're at least neutral in this instance which is a huge help i'm hoping i, I the main reason now is for, is the china thing because it's like you know uh, conservatives tend to like war historically mm. i think murdoch has also realized that um you know how liberals they stay in power for ages but then there's always that one election where it seems like things are going to turn over. It's it usually also entails the opposition going up to the uh, Murdoch media and all the uh, oligarchs and just basically saying, we'll do exactly what the Liberal Party does, but we'll just do it in a slightly better way. God. And usually at that point, oligarchs, okay, we'll give you one chance. And then three years in, Labour, and then again, it comes back to the Liberals. Why? It's crazy. I mean, they're more, I don't know, the business lobby likes them more. Mm, mm, mm. But we'll see. I hope that Labour wins because I genuinely think that if the coalition stays in power, yeah. Australia is going to keep sliding down the ladder, whether it be education, foreign policy, it's it's really it would be really useful for labor to come into power. Yeah, I look. I'll take one for the team and not vote for the parking meter party. By the way, time. did you vote for the local elections? I did. I post. I, I did it online. Me too. Me too. What yeah, did you I say? Vote. Did you do I vote? I would. Yeah, I vote. I was gonna be. I'm gonna be away from my electorate. <laughs> well, actually, who did you vote? Liberals. <laughs> no, I didn't. Labor. Yeah. You know what's funny? So for mine. Uh, it was like really vague that it was like independent, independent. It was like seven independents and then two non. And every, and I Googled the names and it didn't tell me what fucking parties they were. It didn't say labor and no, brackets or something? No, I swear to God, dude, it didn't. So what did you, what did you do? You just took a gamble? No, nah, I knew one of the independents. I knew him, this guy, Steve, so I voted independent. <laughs> And who and he's part of the shooters and fishers. I have party. no idea what party is a part of. I might have voted nationals. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is. It's, Come on, it's for the council. 
No, but still, you can't be part of Friendly Geordies and vote <laughs> nationals. I hope I didn't. In fact, I'm going to Google it right now. Oh, no, I forgot his name. How am I going to find... I'll find out for the next pod, but I w- it was pissing me off that I couldn't find the Labour and Libs. So, like, I knew this guy, right? I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems like he's a nice guy. He always came in. He seemed to me like he wouldn't be a nationals guy. Yeah, th- this is who you voted for. Just look at this headline. Allegedly took several swings. National Senator Sam McMahon allegedly took several swings at a party director (laughs) at Canberra Pub. That's who you voted for. I didn't. I'll try to find his name. Where this woman (laughs) was beating a man (laughs) at a pub. (laughs) Hold on a second. And she won. I mean, you're you're not helping me not want to vote for her with headlines like that. That's awesome. Um, Sky News reported that McMahon allegedly attempted to punch Hawks, taking three <laughs> or four swings at him at a Canberra pub on Thursday evening, attended by Nationals MPs and staffer. Okay, how can I find? How can I find? And this is and this is what the this is what the Nationals uh, leader Barnaby Joyce did to address the situation. Hug it out and get let's get over oh, with this. Fuck <laughs> me, I really hope I don't. Hold on. Oh, here we go. <gasps> this is his name. I think this is him. Stephen Ring. Without a counselor. Okay, I think this is him. I can tell you. Hold on. How can I find what, what he's... Can you g- Google him? Google him. Well, you, you give me... That's it. His name's Steve Ring. That's who I voted for. Tell me what party he is. Please don't say nationals. Well, Lithgow? Yeah. Lithgow Council. I'm still in Lithgow. Oh, okay. What was his name? Steve? Ring. Maybe, actually, maybe then Labour wasn't even... I don't think Labour R-I-N-G? Was, yeah. Lithgow, a councillor. I don't know. It didn't say liberal. Fuck. It didn't say liberal. Oh, my fucking headphones just stuff. It didn't say liberal or labor, but let's let's find this out now. This will be exciting. He's the only one I know. I think he might just be an independent. independent. Yeah. I think he is. He is an independent. So my vote, I essentially threw my vote away, I think. Well, look, I don't think labor was going to win Lithgow anyways. Uh, never. I don't think it'll happen. I don't know, I can't find any details. He's an independent. I don't think he's winning. <laughs> he's not going to win. He's, he's a no Basically, I threw my vote away. It was like, but there was no liberal, I swear to God, it didn't even say the things. It said, there was like seven independents then two unmarked. And even when I Googled the, the names, nothing. And I was like, what the fuck? So I just looked at his name. I'm like, I know that guy. He always supported my business, our business. He's a really nice guy. He'd always come in. So I was like, eh, I'm going to vote for him. All right, fine. Yeah. But I'm still registered. That's the end of the show. Okay, well, the dog question. Oh, yeah, of course. Before we go, because Jordan will have my hide. You freaked me out with this Solomon Islands shit, dude. You freaked the shit out of me. Um, That's where you say something assuring. (laughs) Nah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Next time, vote Labor. (laughs) If I can find... That would help. Dude, it was the council, and I couldn't find the Labor fucking dude. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so Jordan wants to know, he wants to make a dog sanctuary. Dude, people are saying you voted One Nation. No, I didn't. It wasn't One Nation. It was an independent. I'm telling you it was an independent, 100%. Nuts, love. (laughs) What's that mean? (laughs) By the way, it wasn't our leads that were cutting out. Someone said it's bandwidth. Because I can hear the leads, they're fine. Oh, we couldn't do much about Doesn't that. Matter. This is the uh, best internet we can get. Yeah. Here. So listen, Jordan and you too, Ali, wants to make a dog sanctuary. Is there any 
NGOs or groups that could help us do that? And do you have any suggestions about it? Because he just wants to know. He's like, he doesn't, he, I'm, I've been calling about p- people about it all day. He wants to make a giant dog sanctuary that's something that we, we all sort of like fundraise for and all the strays that are on death row and all the dogs that are like going to be killed can live in this giant thing and it's going to be this sort of like, you know, good initiative. What that's about the, plan. the best sanctuary of all? Dog heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where they can gallop and eat as much as they want and cannot gain weight. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that statement. And uh, yeah, any anyone. Uh, let's both look at the things. Is there, isn't that how you get wolves? I, pup, call it Papa Paradise. I like that. Hey, it was all independent. So I voted for the members that did not want anything. Uh, yeah, it was independent. Guide dogs? Guide dogs? No, not guide dogs. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Give us some suggestions or Jordan will beat me. He does things to me. Um, <laughs> uh, stops crying for help. Grub dogs, reach out to Steve-O. Come on, give me something. Uh, do you have any ideas, Ali? Yeah. What? Get a property <laughs> yeah. somewhere far from Sydney. Yep. Hire a bunch of team that yeah. are... Give them money. That's the plan. And get yeah. them to like neuter all the animals <laughs> yes. and be like a tiger king except dog king. That's the plan. And, we, and it'll be like we can get we can get like pet barn involved or like future super maybe. We can get fundraising for it and then we can we can raise the money where all the all these dogs will just like live freely. And it'll be a tourist attraction. So it would literally be a farm where your yes. dogs would go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So parents don't have to lie to their kids anymore. Exactly. But- Oh, they're just still talking about the council thing. Greyhounds as pets. Oh, gaps. Gaps. Can you write that down? Greyhounds as pets. Can you write it down? I'll forget. What? Gaps. Oh, that's a company? Yeah. Can you just can you just Google it and then you can send it to me? Gaps. Greyhounds as pets. I have a contact. Ban mall. Yeah, yeah. Send the contact. Um, tell Jordan <laughs> to talk to Isaac Butterfield. Why? Why doesn't Jordan go into politics? Because he's said poop too many times. Uh, this sounds like a bad... Greyhounds as pets. Yeah. Adopt a greyhound today. Perfect. Bread, breed dingoes. Yeah, message me. Buy an island and call it Papa Land. Could be easy to back them up. Exactly. There was a... Like Miss... Uh, yeah. Hey. Like Miss... Listen, listen. Mm. Like Miss Love, where I live, there was no major party running. They were all independent. It was just independence. So I didn't vote any of those fucking parties. Um... Isaac Butterfield might get behind it. They're saying the dog thing. That could be cool. Um, puppy. What the fuck's the puppy pit? What are you on about? Uh, greyhounds. Greyhounds are amazing pets. That is a useless statement. Very fair statement. You're not really helping me here. Look, I, I'm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's going to be. I'm, I'm sort of calling up people now, uh, calling up different institutions now to find who could get behind it. But it's just a. Case of finding. Try Nicole Flint. I think she'd she'd want to do it. <laughs> I think she'd be very supportive. Uh, Papua New Guinea. Oh my dog! I don't want names. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I'll take this. is a, This is a good one. Pound paws. Pet adoption service. Sydney cat and dogs homes. Animal shelter. Thank you, Marilini. That's really good. We got a whole bunch from Marilini. Carlton. 
close, whatever that is, miss, you should. You're doing that. admin work now. We're still rolling. I know, I know. But this is what he wanted. Message, message Miss Love on Instagram. No, I just, mine's deleted. Uh, I guess I can just log in. Yeah, message me on Instagram and I'll just find a way to get in. If you have the contacts, that would be great. Look, I'm sure that we've already got some. That's good. That's probably enough. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, Jordan, I think Jordan's MO now is just asking you guys on Twitch how, how, what, how to do his job. <laughs> do you reckon these days? Like, what do you guys think? Should, should I get a black sweater or brown? No, no, no hold on, Ali. I, I want to hear the end of this. A lot of people are saying both. Uh, <laughs> I got a red one. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks uh, for that. Thanks for the intro. Jordan's going to be here next week. Oh, my God. She sent a Hopefully. million. Marilyn, you and um, we'll miss you guys and we'll see you. Yeah, later. thanks for joining us. Um, we love your work. Thanks thanks so much for supporting us. Sorry about last week. We trying our best here. Yeah. But uh, Sorry for you, a lot. Yeah, sorry for the fuck up. But like Jordan will be here next week, uh, hopefully. Um, now what you need to do is join up with our special chats with just our best friends. Oh, you're our best friends on that chat because you're our best buddies because you give us money on Patreon. So join on Patreon. You can be our best bud and you get our personal thumbs up, which we will be doing after this. Come behind the paywall. See you guys. <laughs>